was Karen had assumed she would remember the way. It was past eight in the evening and pitch dark. By the time she left Reykjavik, she drove over Mosfetos Haiti Moor when there was little traffic, only the odd pair of headlights passing by on their way to town. Only one other car was traveling east, and she hung on its red rear lights, grateful for the company. She didn't like driving alone in the dark and would have set off earlier if she hadn't been held up. She worked in the public relations department of a large bank, and it had seemed as if the meetings and phone calls would never let up. Karen was aware of the mountain Cremans fettle to her right, although she couldn't see it, and Scala fettle to her left. Next, she drove past the turning to Vintaslit, where she had once spent a two-week summer holiday as a child. She followed the red tail lights at a comfortable speed, until they drove down through the Kertlingacher and lava field, and there their ways parted. The red lights accelerated and disappeared into the darkness. She wondered if they were heading for the pass at the Uxarikir and north over the Kaltitalio mountain road. She had often taken that route herself. It was a beautiful drive, down the Luntarekiatalio valley to Purkafjörde fjord. The memory of a lovely summer's day once spent at Lake St. Kluftavatten, came back to her. Karen herself turned right and drove on into the blackness of the Thingvetlir National Park. She had difficulty identifying the landmarks in the gloom. Should she have turned off sooner? Was this the right turning down to the lake, or was it the next? Had she come too far? Twice she went wrong and had to turn round. It was a Thursday evening, and most of the cottages were empty. She had brought along a supply of food and reading material, and Maria had told her that they had recently installed a television in the cottage. But Karen's main intention was to try to sleep, to get some rest. The bank was like a madhouse after the recent abortive takeover. She had reached the point where she could no longer make any sense of the infighting between the different factions among the major shareholders. Press releases were issued at two hourly intervals, and, to make matters worse— it transpired that a severance payment of a hundred million kroner had been promised to one of the bank's partners, someone whom a particular faction wanted to fire. The board had succeeded in stirring up public outrage, and it was Karen's job to smooth things over. It had been like this for weeks now, and she was at the end of her tether by the time it occurred to her to escape from town. Maria had often offered to lend her the cottage for a few days, so Karen decided to give her a call. Of course. Maria had said at once. Karen made her way slowly along a primitive track through low-growing scrub until her headlights lit up the cottage down by the water. Maria had given her a key and told her where they kept a spare. It was sometimes useful to have an extra key hidden at the cottage. She was looking forward to waking up tomorrow morning amidst the autumn colors of Thingvetlir. For as long as she could remember, people had flocked to the national park in the autumn since few places in the country could boast such a brilliant display of color as here by the lake, where the rust-red and orange shades of the dying leaves extended as far as the eye could see. She started to ferry her luggage from the car to the sun-deck beside the door, then, putting the key in the lock, she opened the door and groped for the light switch. The light came on in the hallway, leading to the kitchen, and she took her little suitcase inside and placed it in the master bedroom. To her surprise— the bed was unmade. That was not like Maria. A towel was lying on the floor of the lavatory. 
When she turned on the light in the kitchen, she became aware of a strange presence. Although she was not afraid of the dark, she felt a sudden sensation of physical unease. The living room was in darkness. By daylight, there was a superb view of the lake from its windows. Karen turned on the living room light. Four solid beams extended across the ceiling, and from one of them, a body was hanging. Its back turned to her. Shock sent her crashing back against the wall, and her head slammed into the wood paneling. Everything went black. The body hung from the beam by a thin blue cord mirrored in the dark living room window. She didn't know how long it was before she dared to inch closer. The tranquil surroundings of the lake had in an instant been converted into the setting for a horror story that she would never forget. Every detail.